0: Today on Elevate Your Aid, we explore the eight hours of work, and if you're not digging on it, here's some things that you can do to manage career change. All right, let's do it.
1: You're listening to the Elevate Your Aid podcast, where we firmly believe that time management and productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Productivity guru and self-care ninja Chris McPeak will debunk your biggest time management limiting beliefs. It's time to hear from everyday people like you, sharing their tips and
0: strategies for success, and learning how to incorporate small changes in your life in order to make the most of every hour in your day. If you're ready to prioritize, synthesize,
1: and realize your daily needs and wants, you're in the right place. Here's your host,
0: educator, podcaster, and wannabe 200 Breaststroke National Champion, Chris McPeak. Hey, everybody. This is Chris McPeak, and I am your host for this amazing podcast, Elevate Your 8. I have a really cool interview today with Nicole Merrill, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about career change. And I bring this up, you guys, because there's that eight-hour period of time that's dedicated to work. We want to honor our work-life balance and only work eight hours a day But I fully recognize that many of you are not doing that because you don't dig your job and you're burnt out and you're working too hard and you just don't like it. So Nicole is going to talk us through some aspects of career change and some ways to get what you want in the workforce so that you can just work eight hours a day. What do you think of that? Pretty cool. But before we go there, I want to quickly remind you that the book which inspired this podcast, Elevate Your 8, is on sale this week on Amazon. And through August 22nd, it's only 99 cents. And if you buy the book during this promo, I'm going to give you a free planner. It's my time management planner. It's 70 pages. It's ultimately cool. So go to elevateyour8.com forward slash book promo Buy my book, 99 cents until August 22nd, and then you get your planner absolutely free. Up next is my interview with Nicole. Okay, my guest today is Nicole Merrill. She is the founder of Future Skills, and she also freelances as an AI chatbot designer and conversational AI analyst with a focus on reducing negative impact on users. That sounds incredibly cool. In her prior work, Nicole was associate director of career services at Yale School of Management, holy crap, where she led cutting edge career workshops for international MBA students and global executives. Nicole, welcome to Elevate Your Eight. Hello, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm excited to chat with you today. You know, listeners, you guys know the theory behind Elevate Your Eight. Work eight hours, sleep eight hours, elevate the other eight, and the reason I wanted to have Nicole on today is because she really is a specialist in this whole nature of really making work work for you, Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about her philosophy and theories behind that. Um, Nicole, is there anything else I missed in your introduction that you want to share right now? Um, I think that about
1: covers it. Uh, I like to describe myself as a professional job hopper.
0: <laughs> I've nice. managed to
1: jump around to like 20 different jobs and I'm on my fourth career change right now.
0: Wow. Um, that's so, awesome. yeah, not only do I give the advice, I've lived the advice. So, <laughs> that's amazing. I call yeah. myself the uh, Mary Poppins of higher education for some time. Oh, so, yeah. I think we're definitely of the, you know, sharing yeah. the brain here. Definitely. Well, okay. So let's, let's talk that, let's talk about career change from Mm -hmm. a standpoint of people that are unhappy in their work. Sometimes they get burned out because they're working too many hours a week. They're not Mm -hmm. following the whole eight hours a day. So for folks out there who are listening and might feel really stuck, how -hmm. do you get unstuck and change careers? Okay, well, uh, that's a great
1: question. (laughs) So I'll say right off that um, that feeling of like being stuck in your career is so much more common than we think um, we are, we were kind of raised with this idea that, you know, you pick that one path in life and you kind of just stick with it. Right. And you should just stick on it. And we all know that's just not the case anymore. Yep. And so when, you know, it comes time to figure out what we're going to do next, you know, it could feel almost like an isolating experience when we're stuck. And a lot of us, you know, we see people online, they're talking about living their best career life and all that kind of stuff. So it can feel like you're all alone in it. But, um, you know, I was a professional career coach and I can tell you everybody from students to executives, we're talking about how stuck they were while projecting like, oh, I've got it all together. Look, I at an Ivy league school, right? Like, right. Th- so it really, it's worth saying that like, you're not alone. So in order, when you think about getting unstuck, um, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice I can tell people is just start by following your curiosity, right? Um, a lot of us, you know, we think if we're stuck, we got to have this like plan, but in order to have a plan, you have to have a target. And If you don't have a target, like you could just get stuck right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it doesn't take a lot to start thinking about what you're curious about mm-hmm. um, and you can do it in everything from like your workplace. What do you, what's going on in your workplace? Like what actually interests you? Not what's in your job, but like elsewhere or other aspects of your life, right? When you go home, what are, what are you interested in? What do you like learning? Um, and from there you start to, when you start thinking through that mindset, it starts taking some of that pressure off, right? Absolutely. You have to decide right now Absolutely. what you have to go do next you can just start exploring. And I think when you, know, you talk about time management and stuff like that, we don't always give ourselves the time and the space to reflect and think about ourselves. Like claim that yeah. space and say, okay, for the next 20 minutes, I'm actually just gonna sit here and think, man, what am I curious about? Mm-hmm. You know, And maybe it doesn't come right away, that's okay. Maybe it comes at the 19th minute. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but the more that you do it, the, the, the more you get used to thinking like that. And so I'd say start with following your curiosity.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's great. So when you latch on to something then, so at mm-hmm. the 19th minute, like you were suggesting, suddenly mm-hmm. you decide like, oh, well, I really think I want to be an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do next after you figure out that's your curiosity?
1: Yeah. And so, so I would say first, um, you know, write that down. Like, let's not get it lost in the mess of everything else that you're thinking about in your day, yeah. right? That's, again, about claiming your space. So write that down. And maybe, you know, if you're going to repeat this exercise every day for a week, start writing things down. What, what are you curious about? And if you land on elementary school teacher after a week, you're like, you know, I think that really does speak to me as a thing. <laughs> um, find elementary school teachers and learn about them. I think, you know, a lot of times we tend to assume we know what people do. A really good example of this is I have a good friend in fi- who's a firefighter, and she was talking about her job one day, and she said, You know, the thing people don't really realize about firefighters is they do a lot of customer service, and I was like, What? Oh, wow, just like five fires all day and save kittens, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, um, you know, it's a lot of tending to the public and, you know, figuring out what their needs are and, and, and getting them what they need. And sure it's in a medical context or, you know, sure. obviously life-saving context in, in certain times, but other times it's, you know, showing up as a first responder and taking in the situation and responding to your needs and that's customer service. And I thought my goodness, that's interesting. You know, we, we tend to make a lot of assumptions about jobs, right? Yeah. And a lot of times we don't actually know what, what that entails. And mm-hmm. I find that a lot of times um, as, as a career coach in the past, like people would come and say, you know, they wanted to be this nice, um, for example, there's a product manager. It's like the hottest job you can have, right? It pays a ton of money. And people be like, I want to be a product manager. And you're like, do you know what they do? You really know what that is, right? <laughs> like, no, I really don't. And so really getting into it and that's where like once you figure it out go go talk to that elementary teacher go talk to five of them and keep it open-ended like you're not committing to becoming one you're just like what's, the, what's it like for yeah you? you know and it could be anyone that's in your peer group. It could be a friend of a friend who knows somebody. It doesn't have to be something formal. It could be just a general, tell me about your day. What's it like to work with kids? You know, um, right. what is the, What are the fun parts of your job that you love? I think we, we tend to think, you know, career professionals talk about this as informational interviewing. That's a very right. structured, intentional approach. But if you're at the beginning of your, your, your thinking on changing careers, keep it casual. Right. Collecting little bits of information here to there and there and ask yourself, does this interest you? You know, and if it is, then we take the next step. What does it look like to become an elementary school teacher? So breaking it down into those pieces is really critical. So we don't get like that, you know, what is it called? Choice paralysis, analysis, paralysis. Pronoun- analysis, paralysis, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I get like that with picking what I'm going to eat for dinner. Oh, I could see that, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so Lynn, let's talk a little a little bit about staying relevant in the workforce because sometimes it might... it. it <laughs> especially if you've only done one thing and you're like, Oh, I really don't like doing this anymore, but this is all I know how to do. So how do I take what I already know how to do and, and move it into the next thing?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I'm actually thrilled you asked that because going back to the idea of, you know, most of us were educated under the model of go to school, pick a thing. You've got that past forever. And we all know this isn't the case, right? So, Mm -hmm. so nobody's really actually taught us how to change. Right. And so, so that's where some of this comes in. It's like, well, nobody taught me yeah. how to change. Right. Um, and so first step is like, what are you good at? Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were taught to think like, you know, uh, get a major and map it to a path. And so we don't think a lot about skills and mm-hmm. if you haven't taken the time to think about, you know what, I am killing it at this, or I'm not so good at this. I need to get better. Or I have no idea how to do this. And I think I need to know how to do this at this point yeah. in my career. Those right. questions take the time to answer those things.
0: Yeah. I love that because I've had like a functional resume, a skills-based resume for like 20 years. And I, I tried to, not push that, but you know, I try to encourage people to go down that route, especially if you're looking to change careers, because once you translate all your vernacular into things that anybody understands, like these are my leadership skills or my leadership experiences. These are my budget management experience. This is my um, event planning experience and putting that out there, which is I'm totally convinced that that's the reason that I was able to go from housing and residence life to um fundraising and foundation so seamlessly because I had a resume that that said what I'm capable of doing as opposed to saying this is these are the jobs I had. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. and somebody pulled my resume up out of a pile and said I think we need to talk to this person even though there was nothing on there at all that said fundraising, development, advancement and and here I am now and I love what I do. So yeah. That's outstanding. I think yeah. even if you know, I think
1: that's such a great exercise. And if if you know, people might be intimidated by the idea of making a skills based resume. So you don't even have to make it. Just start thinking about it. Um, and if you don't know, a couple of things that can help you figure out your skills. Ask your manager, ask your coworkers, ask your friends, or just go on to Google <laughs> and yeah. say, what does a, you know, whatever do. There are so many websites that will break down Pay Scale Research. Actually, you can put in your job title there. And That's cool are in demand right now in your job title. I love it. Uh, you might have to play with it a little bit to get your job title right because it don't always map. But it's honestly your ability to think about your career through your skill set is what's going to keep you relevant. Because then you start looking ahead and saying, okay, you know, right now some of the most important skills in the workplace to have are digital skills, digital fluency, and data skills. So okay. your ability to you know work with data, understand it, analyze it, talk about it. Um, digital skills or being comfortable with software that you're using, um, understanding how your users use it, um, basics of code. And it's okay if you don't know those things right now, but yeah. being able to understand that they're in demand and saying, I'm going to pick one thing off that list. And, and that's what I'm going to do. do it. That's oh, that's relevant. so, I love that. Yeah. Um,
0: that's some cool stuff.
1: And it's a way to stay relevant without like, you know, having to, if, if you don't want to do a full career change, you can say, I'm going to go get this one skill right now.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and build that into your day to learn that skill.
0: Right. And add it to your toolbox because Absolutely. that's really all that, Yeah. It's all about adding to your toolbox. I I don't know if you ever saw, watch uh, actor studio when Jamie Foxx was on there and he was talking about the roles, the where he played the quarterback and then what it was like, um, you know, to be in Ray and, and Ray Charles. And he just talked about all these things he did as a kid that he put in his actor's toolbox. And then when he needed to go pull from that, He had at least a little bit of experience from it. And that's how he was able to get into character. I love that he talked about that. I'm like, that is so smart. Every little experience that we have can be part of our career toolbox or, you know, whatever it is.
1: Yeah, and that's especially the case if you're going to change careers too, because
0: yeah. people think they're starting over and
1: you're like, you're not. You have this huge skill set that you're just building on. Yeah. And then, like employers these days like multifaceted um, employees, ones with diversified skill sets. Every time I've changed, I've been like, hey, by the way, I can do this and all of this stuff too. So if you hire me, you're going to get like this super package, you know? And that's and always that my is
0: the bomb for sure. I yeah. love it. Um, <laughs> Okay. So another blogger that I followed, um, that I follow sa- said, this, said this once about, um, eventually everybody in the world is just going to work for themselves. Mm. And, and so in that vein, I'm looking at, at these two other questions, a, how do you get a remote job and just work from home? Um, and then, uh, wait, I lost it is traditional career advice outdated? Meaning like, do you have to go to a job job or is it going to, is it really easy to be an entrepreneur in this, in this day and age? So that's kind of two questions. Okay. Two track. questions. I'll break them up. I'll, cool. I'll talk about the remote one first. Yeah. You might
1: have to remind me of the second one, so I'll keep okay. on track, but <laughs> the remote one. Um, so I'm on my third rem- rem- remote job and they've all been kind of different. Um, But I originally got a remote job back in like 2009 when like people, didn't think they were real. Like when I got it, it was um, a startup based in London and I was based in Portland, Oregon. And they actually found me on Twitter because I'd been on Twitter and like the CEO saw me random and all my friends were like, is this real? Are you sure? Is this a scam? You know, like no one believed me. And then I got paid and they're like, oh, this is for real.
0: Hello there, listeners of the Elevate Your Eight podcast. This is your host, Chris McPeak, and I have something super special that I want to share with you this is a free resource that I have just created for you, the listeners of Elevate Your 8. It's called Top 22 Ways to 10 Times Your Productivity, Have More Energy, Get More Done, and Elevate Your 8. I know that's a mouthful. But seriously, you guys, there is a lot going on in this free guide. And you can have it today, right now, if you go to elevateyour8.com and request the guide. It's free 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 it's just for you guys and it's available right now so make your way over there and get my brand new guide the top 22 ways to 10 times your productivity have more energy get more done and elevate your aid just visit elevateyour8.com and request the free guide right now go on go do it
1: and <laughs> so we've come a long way since that you know a lot of times like you would see on craigslist right you would see just these really sketch jobs and they would be scams and nowadays what we're just we're seeing thanks to digital communication technology like you know zoom and slack and yeah. you know email obviously we have so we can be distributed right we can be anywhere we want and so that's been the rise of remote jobs. And to get a remote job, you have to do a couple of different things. One, you have to understand how these companies work. So there's a couple of different types of, I'm going to go through this quick, but a no couple worries. of different types of companies. Remote, um, all remote companies, they're also called fully distributed teams. That means everybody from like the uh, admin, assistant, admin assistant to the CEO and everybody in between right. works remotely. And a lot of times those companies have like off sites where you like fly somewhere you all get together and right. it sounds dreaming. Yeah. Um, Oh other God. companies it might be a team and that's offsite or maybe a couple of workers um they might you might be in a job where you work from home a couple of days a week that's like partial remote yeah and then there's like you're the one remote worker on a team which okay. i wouldn't recommend that that one's harder because these companies that know how to that have remote workers know how to manage remote workers right and that's critical if you're going to yeah. start this remote pass then Go for a company that has um, experience managing remote workers. As far as how to get them, they're incredibly competitive jobs because as you know, like they're they're yeah. great jobs, right? Like the flexibility is incredible. Yeah. So I would say a couple of different things. One, make sure you have the right skill set. So showing off your digital communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, that leads into my second piece, do more than submit a resume. Okay. Many people don't know who you are. So right. make sure you have an online presence, whether that's, um, you know, obviously a LinkedIn profile, but, you know, ideally a personal website that shows off, who you are, um, what your interests might be, but also your writing skills, because if you're working remotely, you're communicating in digital environments. So for them to
0: be able to see that extra, plus it just makes you just stand out in a job search anytime you do that, right? Oh, I love that. I never thought about like a personal website that's you know, like you're not marketing a business, you're not trying to sell anything, but it's a website that's about you and where you've been. And you can- Exactly, and it adds incredible value. Yeah, that is so smart. And you can just
1: put it in like your, um, one of the tips I have is just put it in your email signature. So yeah. if you're emailing with a recruiter or anyone professional, they're all, oh, who's that? Click. Very <laughs> cool. I
0: love it. That is so clever. Um, so, in terms of, well, yeah, and I think I don't want to ask you that question anymore. Okay. I do want to ask you instead are what are emerging career paths and how do you get into them? Sure. Emerging
1: career paths are where we start to see um, new types of jobs being created that don't fit traditional molds. Uh Really looking at um, a really good example of this, it's what's called a hybrid job. This is a job that um, requires skills that used to be found in one domain that are now going to require skills that cross domains. Okay. Jobs with technical skills and people skills combined. You might see a job where a managerial job that also uh, requires understanding data analytics, Mm -hmm. right? And you need to be able to make decisions based on that data. Well, if you haven't had experience working with that, you might find, you know, you can't go after that job. Um, Other examples might be, you know, software engineers that need to know project management or program administrators that also need to um, have good communication, written social media marketing skills, email marketing skills. Things like that. They, again, these used to be separate functions. Right. And it starts creating these new types of jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a job right now that's called um, conversation design. And mm-hmm. so I essentially write the scripts for chatbot technology. Okay. So um, I'm using my liberal arts background with writing and love of language. I studied foreign languages. Okay. I understand. I don't have um, the technical side, so I'm not an engineer, and mm-hmm. a machine learning engineer. But I understand the technology because I took about you know three months to do a deep dive into this type of technology and really just understand how it works though I can't build it got it so I combine those together and you see that in things like um, you know storytellers and virtual reality you got to understand virtual reality but you also got to have that flexibility to be creative and writing right. you know and so on and so that's what we're seeing in these emerging careers are these this um, these hybrid jobs and the thing about emerging careers is that the key word is emerging is that these paths aren't defined, right? You're really making it up as you go. And so you have to be the type of person who's very comfortable with that ambiguity Mm -hmm. career model. This career ladder is dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you, when you get a job and you're the first person to ever have that job and your supervisor says, okay, so this is your job description, but you have some leeway to, you know, Uh make your own blah, blah, blah. But I've had two of those gigs um, actually I've had three and I'm in one of them now. And, and this, that is the best thing in the whole world is to oh, be able I to love be the that. first person that does, you know, a job at your particular, um, employer institution, corporation, wherever you're, wherever you're at. It's something. Yeah. And I think that, I think that is such a good experience. I've
1: had that as well. And what that does is it sets you up for a career where you start, start learning how to shape your own opportunities. You know, yeah. we, we need to rely, we're relying less and less On employers to define what we do in our career that was the old model and now it's up to us to really define it and for some that can feel like chaos because it is chaos yeah once you learn you know your skills and start looking ahead towards opportunity and saying okay how can I mold myself to fit that that's the mindset you have to have in order to you know one stay relevant but two find the opportunity that works for you
0: yeah For sure, Nicole. This is some cool stuff, and I think that we should have you back on the show later. Um, You know, especially once your book comes out. So, talk about the book really quickly. What do you got uh, cooking there? Sure. Oh, I'm at the end of almost a year long process of
1: I've written a book, um, and precisely to redefine how we talk about careers. Right, this old model is dead. We're all kind of swimming in this chaos. Like, wait are the robots coming? What's right. happening? Like, <laughs> I've seen some articles, like we all know things have changed. And so really my book is one, um, to teach people how to change careers. Cause again, nobody teaches you that. Right. Yeah. And so it's that, and then also helping you navigate this new world of work, why it's changed. And then thinking about some of the options that you have. So when we talk about learning new yeah. skills, upskilling, it's not just going back to school, right? Mm-hmm. You could go to a boot camp, you could take online courses, you could do it yourself. And so really giving users a concrete concrete, you know, um, guide to how to change careers and upskill. So right. the book's called um, Punch Doubt in the Face, How to Upskill, Change Careers and Beat the Robots.
0: I love it. And yeah. when
1: can we expect to see that? Um, we're looking like October, late October should be out. And um, people can go to my website, futureskills.blog to to sign up for when it's out so you don't miss out. We'll have a big virtual release party. So we'll talk about this. Oh, good. So, yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, so October ish, and what's the website again? Um, the website for right now
1: um, is futureskills.blog. So futureskills.blog. that's just right now before anything comes out where we're parking people, and you just click on book, and details awesome. will be there.
0: I love it. Okay. Nicole, where can people find you online if they want to connect with you on Instagram or Twitter or any of those platforms? Sure. Uh, you can find me right now on Twitter at pdxnicole
1: and that's N-I-C-O-L-L-E. There's two L's in that. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we've been chatting with Nicole Merrill and this has been absolutely fascinating elevators and make sure to check out her stuff when the book comes out in October. Nicole, thank you for being here today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a great conversation.
0: Was she awesome or what? Oh my gosh, I loved having that conversation with her. Nicole Merrill, and you can find links to all of her stuff in the show notes, and she will definitely be back because I loved her energy. and I loved everything she had to say about career change and finding your path and remote jobs and the whole nine yards. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Until next week, this is your host, Chris McPeak. You've been listening to the Elevate Your 8 podcast and my friendly elevators. I'm out of here.